And we're back. Bruising Reviews. I'm Jake. we got Cole and Joel joining us for episode three of The Mandalorian, which is, spoiler alert, the best episode thus far. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, what do we want to start off on this one, guys? Um, so, the end of episode, let's start. So, end of episode two, Yoda wakes up with a little cute face. Which, the more I think about it, I think Baby Yoda was meant to get the female demographic involved. Because, you know, you put, like, a really cute dog in front of most females, and they're going to freak out. Oh, my God! And you put a little cute little green guy. I want to see what happens to the little green guy next week. That's true. Actually, my wife is actually watching Star Wars, but she doesn't really like Star Wars. But she's watching it because of Baby Yoda. Also, the merchandising. Genius move. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, whoever... And even, like, I like Baby Yoda, you and I, like, I'm not one of those guys, like, oh, my God, it's so cute, but I'm like, damn, oh, my God, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoever animated this person is, I think, an angel. <laughs> He's that a, his eyes, like, like, I can see, and we'll get into the episode, but um, you don't know whether or not, so, actually, might as well just start off with the episode, mm-hmm. we'll get to that point. So he brings Yoda and he delivers him to who he's supposed to, who is Empire, Stormtroopers and everything. And he asks about, he says, like, what are you going to do with him? You can tell that you're going to do some shady, obviously it's the Empire. So he's kind of uncomfortable and he, and the Mandalorian says, what are you going to do with him? He's like, isn't that against your code, the guild code, the bounty hunter guild code or whatever? Like, you're not supposed to ask, you're supposed to forget this ever happened. And what I love, I think, most about this episode is that there's a lot of... This is the first episode that felt really, really tense. Mm-hmm. Like, you really didn't know which way they were going to go with it. Because he... So he does drop it off and he's leaving. And of course, I'm thinking, of course, he's going to go back and get it. Well, he goes to the, his bounty hunter buddy, gets a new bounty pup, and looks like he's about to go on a different thing. And I'm like, maybe this is like a one-off, like, story. Like, to introduce more, like, Star Wars lore, maybe they're going to have a couple episodes on different missions and just keep going. They made me think, oh man, maybe we won't see Baby Yoda again. Which again, I thought I had it all figured out. But. Well, and I thought yeah. it was it was, was kind of cool how they did like the, the little knob on his, uh, Joel, help me out here with your names of everything. Joystick? Joystick. Okay. That's a basic name. <laughs> I, I doubt his spaceship had a technical term. This is my throttle double deeper double twice. One, That's double what double it double. probably is in Star Wars. You never know. <laughs> Pretty sure it's a parsec. I could be wrong, though. <laughs> the living Wikipedia page of Star everything Star Wars is Joel. No, I do not claim to know everything on Star Wars. No. There are God bless him. God bless him. He's trying to. <laughs> yes, I am trying to. <laughs> Uh, but no, I thought that was cool how, like, you know, he's playing with that, and then, like, he goes to reach for it, and, like, he was to- he was totally going to just leave Yoda and go on his mission, and, like, that, that last, that was, like, the straw that broke the camel's back, like, he just couldn't, couldn't do it, I thought that was pretty cool. And the other thing I love about that is, even through the helmet, he conveys all the emotion that he has to at that moment. You're never like, confused about what he's feeling and the conflict he's going through, which is so impressive. We've never seen this dude's face. Exactly, and I hope it stays that way. I, I, to be completely honest, I don't ever want to see him without his helmet on. Or no, I don't think I don't think we should have because I really because again, it depends how they do it. I think they could do it. Maybe that'd be rewarding. But it's like you know the silent protagonists in some video games, like Link and, and uh, Salmon. 
Like, they never say a word, but you can still, like, know what they're feeling throughout the game. Right. Like, they, and that's what the, it should be that way. But I feel yeah, like they're so going to take the helmet off at some point. Okay, Joel, give us a little backstory on why you can't take your helmet off. See, this actually isn't explained yet. So, there's... I know it's like an honor thing where... I, I thought it was just part of their, their tribe's way. That's really what I see it as. It, it kind of is. Uh, it's basically... Basically, if somebody removes your helmet for you or anything like that, it's considered very dishonorable. You do not want to go out that way, especially in battle. Um, and yeah, that's basically what it is. And then you don't want to reveal yourself. I don't, we don't know exactly why this group doesn't want your helmets off at any time yet. We don't really know that just yet, but, but yeah. So. No, I, I just, I mean, I think it's a way, this is, this episode did build on the Mandalorian lore more, you meet more of them, you get to the armor room place out of payment. And, um, you kind of said, this is the way, this is the way, this is underground guild, basically the Great Purge, which basically, when the, I assume, when the Empire takes over, takes over, that's what they talked about? I don't think so. I think that has to do with his flashbacks that he's having during the prequels when the droids are coming in and killing all of them. But all the other Mandalorians were talking about it as well. And from my understanding, this guy seems, from what I get, and I don't know yet, because you only see, like, brief flashbacks, basically his parents get often, is what I took from the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. During, like, the Empire, like, some purge. But I think the Mandalorians, like I said, there used to be way more of them. They used to be, like, that one, like, big, that one big Jack Jock Mandalorian. Starts talking crap. So, I, I suppose it could be, I, I just... I think he joined him after he lost his parents. I think he joined the guild. Well, I guess my question is, why, why don't his parents have helmets on? I, I didn't understand that. That's what I'm saying. I don't think, no, I think he lost I, his parents and he got taken in by this, by the Mandalorians. Well, and the other thing that you got to remember, too, is during the pre, like the Clone Wars, the Mandalorians were not a warrior culture at this point. They were pacifists. The only so like the Mandalorians... Vulcans. Huh? Like Vulcans. Yeah. yeah why, would, like why would they carry around guns and jetpacks and flamethrowers? No, see, the only Mandalorians that kept the warrior culture uh, at this time, anyway, was Death Watch. And they were basically exiled, and they were thought to be dead by the Mandalorians. Um, but then they came back and actually took over Mandalore once again, during the Clone Wars even, with the help of Darth Maul at that point. I thought I kind of got, I know, from the, from the, from what we see of this underground Mandalorian culture here in this episode, I felt like they were always little warriors, or at least they kind of came off that way. And that they got pushed underground for fear of extinction. From the well, I guess you don't really know Which because it, it could also be that they, like, because they're underground, they are warriors. You know, this is the way. This is the way. Yeah, we, there's a lot that we just don't know about this group yet, but Mandalorians as a whole, that's what I know so far. So, clearly you don't know much. The force, <laughs> is, not, the force is not strong with you, Baco. <laughs> No, because Mandalorians were a very divided culture and everything, too. There was always civil war. They actually ended up destroying their entire planet due to civil war. It was inhabitable. So, so kind of like Optimus Prime. Trees. 
I mean the Transformers. Yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like that one where <laughs> there's all kinds of different that, That's not even what happened, but that's not what they meant to do. Decepticons were just jerks. <laughs> Dude, their names are Decepticons. <laughs> right, but it was basically inhabitable due to just constant civil war. So then there's these dome cities that came out of that to actually make it habitable. But then at this time, they revoked, or what do you want to say, removed themselves from their warrior culture became pacifist, uh, exiled all the people that wouldn't become pacifist to, for some reason, I can't remember, the moon, thought they were dead. They're not. They come back, end up ruling again, and, and bring back the warrior culture, uh, even though some people didn't want that and everything. But they bring it back, ended up serving... Oh, yeah, all the, all the hippies, probably. <laughs> the Mandalorian culture. Yeah. Makes love, not war, bro. Shut up! <laughs> Brought it back, (laughs) and there was, and then uh, when the empire took over, there was some clans that ended up serving the empire, and then some that just kind of they kept the warrior culture but didn't really serve necessarily. They didn't like them, but they didn't necessarily fight them. But then they half and half joined the rebellion. And some still served the empire, so it was again civil war. That so, way. so, so, and I know we talked about the previous episodes, but correct me if I'm wrong. So, could Buff Django Fett have been a Mandalorian that just broke away? No, it, it's actually stated in the Clone Wars that he is not a Mandalorian. Yeah, but maybe they lie. And, no, and the it other could have been too, a different point of view, don't you? Do that no, the, the other thing too that, that you got to remember is that um, Mandalorians, no matter who it was, had an honor code, and Jango Fett was not an honorable man. That's what I'm saying. So when they say he's not a Mandalorian, he maybe he broke the culture's rules and just broke off. But he didn't have any honor. Yeah, and he lost it during something no, he did. And also. Uh, Just because he's a bad guy doesn't mean he's a bad guy. The other thing you gotta keep in mind is uh, that I watch documentaries, okay? Attack of the Clones, okay? <laughs> Pretty bad guy. <laughs> the other thing too is that Boba Fett. Good father, helmet, though, I guess. So take the good with the bad. <laughs> Boba Fett's helmet, though, too. You know what? He's got the dent on his helmet, and that was Jango Fett's armor. So there's a theory going around, which we don't know this for sure. But there's a there is a theory that Jango Fett just created the armor out of some inferior metal that wasn't Beskar, and to kind of give himself a look of a Mandalorian to go with his reputation of one of the greatest bounty hunters ever. But so we know for a fact that he never was that Jango Fett was never a Mandalorian. For fact, yes. Okay. I really okay. have to change that, and I get to go. I go ha 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 ha! You are wrong. <laughs> and that's even from George Lucas himself, too. Yeah, he's so. a liar and stupid with romantic dialogue. That's right. I watched Attack of the That was painful for an hour of it. <laughs> I just got to know how people love each other, man. It's like, oh, but it's so cringe. I don't know how I watched it as a kid without wanting to leave the theater and kill myself. <laughs> you loved it as a child, admit it. No, I just paid attention to the lightsaber. I blocked out the bullcrap. <laughs> yeah, I did too growing up. I just paid attention to the clones. And Camino and the cool parts, and that's not very much. <laughs> okay, <laughs> back to the episode. The the, the, back okay, to well, the episode, though. Yes. 
we go on tangents. It's Star Wars, man. We love this crap. We can talk about it for hours. You uh, lucky listeners, you only have to listen to like 20, 30 minutes, okay? Another part that I absolutely loved in this episode was the four stormtroopers cornering them in the room. Doing a callback in the first episode. Yes. I, every, I loved it. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Except. I like those odds. I kind of wanted him just to, like, shoot them and not use his little, like, uh, whatever they're called, little whistlers. Whistling birds. Yeah. Like, when he said he liked those odds in the beginning when he was just had them at, like, point blank rated, I'm like, okay, come on, just just take these guys. Yep. I know, but he. I don't think he wanted to risk it. There was a child right next to him. Yeah, I True. Think if he have I, I think that's there, when think you pull that card, man. <laughs> yeah, I think if he wouldn't have had Baby Yoda, he would have just taken him ahead on, I think. Well, and it's interesting, he kind of fought, like, almost like, like, it reminded me of Batman, when he, like, goes in there, like, he's fighting in the dark, he's using a lot of, like, you know, smoke tactics. and, like, deflection, like... like... You gotta see his tactics, like, he didn't just go charging in, he placed bombs, distracted, he caused a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Batman. Yes, no, and yes. this was, and this were, this is by far, like I said, um, this is my favorite episode because the set, the first two were good. Don't get me wrong; they want me to watch more, but this is what, to me, this is like so far shows that th- how good this show can be, like mm-hmm. with tenseness, with you don't know what's gonna happen, and like I was glued to my seat watching this episode, like I couldn't even turn away. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool, like what's it gonna do? And I, if it, if, and I really hope this isn't like the peak and the rest of the episodes are just never as good. But they really showed me the amount of drama and stuff they could throw into this and how good of production quality, how good of action, how good of everything that they can throw into this. I think they threw their entire best foot forward with this episode. So yes. what it could be. Agree. Well, compared yeah. to even the last episode, is miles ahead of the last episode. The last episode, I was a little more iffy on, where I thought they they nailed this episode. But even in the ending, that shootout was so awesome. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, how? Like, we know he's gonna get out, but I'm like, even I was like, how? How? Like, yeah. Like we like, how is he gonna pull this one off? And um, you know, he went away from the guild, and you know, and and everything else, he turned away, and then we didn't see that coming, but it really made sense because it's like. As long as you follow, we have the way, you follow our way, we'll always have your back. So, like, the other Mandalorians come in and save them, spoiler alert. But you don't really see that coming, and I didn't see that coming. Like, it wasn't a thing like, oh, yeah, they're going to just do that. I did not see that coming. But I'm like, we know he has to get out of this, so what's he going to do? A quick question about these whistling birds. Mm-hmm. So, did he use all, all his whistling birds now, or is, or is each little thing, like, multiple things? So, he has, like, a bunch left, so... See, I believe he used all of them, but I'm not sure. Wow, she's like, use these sparingly five minutes later. Yeah, right? (laughs) I thought about that, too. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's it's really cool. Like, you know, he goes back to see what's going to happen to the kid, and basically they're going to need to. Because what I saw, you took the machine. They're trying to take something from him. I'm assuming his force powers. Who knows? But we don't know that they didn't already take it. You know, also true. Like he kind of listened in to the conversation from afar, and basically they're gonna kill him. And so he's like, "All right, screw this noise." And he goes through his awesome Batman, like, "You can't beat me. I'm a master tactician." Which shows because he kind of got his butt kicked by brute force, but he shows how he can take on an army by himself with tactics, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Like I thought it was really showing that it's not just he's a great warrior; he's really smart and forward thinking. See, and that's where I think that 
the second episode in a way was really actually brilliant leading up to this one because it showed it really humanized them made them out to be some someone who's not going to be invincible and needs to rely on tactics and everything to be able to defeat things so he he can't just run into somewhere and just beat everybody and we're all done yeah it showed that he can definitely be defeated which also and for what we talked about last time this episode was, I believe, 10 minutes longer than the previous one. Yep. Somewhere in there, 8 to 10. Mm-hmm. So, proving my theory that they want to tell a story per episode, and they I had the freedom to extend it or shorten it, depending. And because of the tense, this was a high, like highly tense episode for a lot of it. I didn't leave this feeling like I wanted to see more of it. Like, this is a perfectly cut story from when he landed with Baby Yoda to the end. So, it really, I feel like they know what they're doing as far as how they're cutting these. And I well, it wasn't that much longer than the last one because it had like 37 minutes, but that was only 32 because of that five minutes of credits, I guess. Um, Has anyone watched all the credits? How was your five minutes? I don't know. <laughs> but it, it's interesting that it's so, well, as short as it is, but yeah, this episode didn't. I watched the podcast or the uh, credits at some point, at least one time, to see if anything crazy happens. This episode didn't feel rushed by any means, but. The, the one weird thing that I'm not sure if I'm on board with with the show, like I just kind of need to see it play out more because I haven't seen a lot of shows that have done this. Each episode is self-contained. It, like There's no overarching, like we know where the story's going at all. Like even like the whole premise of the show that you get in the first episode is now we're already beyond that. You know, there's nothing like, oh, you know, he has this bounty, he's going to go get someone, or, oh, it's Yoda, he still has to worry about these guys. Like, we're already beyond that. He's already on to the next thing. You don't really have, like, they could go any which way with this show because he just has baby Yoda and a ship headed to who knows where. Like, it's... Interesting and like if you pull it off, that works great. But if you just have like a meandering show without like a real sense of purpose, I think it can fade fast. See, but I don't. I think the purpose is Baby Yoda, and I think right now they're, they're, I think the show is holding its cards very close to the chest. Um, as far as like what they're gonna let us know per episode, um, I think it will continue to do that. But again, his whole thing, his first, the first episode dealt with the bounty. Then we found out what the bounty was. And then we find out he has, like, we get these big reveals, like, that, oh, he is Force-sensitive, he can use Force powers. The third one was, um, basically, like, he does he does have human feelings, he's not just a bounty hunter, like, he does have feelings, he risked his life to save this baby, and now he's probably going to go, the next episode's probably going to try to figure out how the hell did he use those Force powers, because remember, they don't, he doesn't know what, they, what he did. When Yoda used his Force powers, baby Yoda... He's like, he's like, what happened? He's like, I'm not sure. Like, he doesn't know what the Force is. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense in a post-Empire world, because in the Empire, remember, like, one of Vader's commanders called him out. He's like, you just worship that old religion, or whatever. Like, no one really believes, you feel like the Force didn't really exist, that people knew about it in that day and age after the Jedi fell. So, it was like, okay, so now he's, I'm sure he's trying to go figure out what the hell happened to me. How did this baby save my life with four powers? But, like... And am I the only one... Oh, go ahead, Cole. Oh, I was just going to say, it's, like, it's interesting because you have no idea what his plan even is. Like, is he just going to go chill in a cave and raise baby Yoda? Like, 
he he can't go hang out with the Mandalorians because he just left where the Mandalorians were. Like no, but they have to relocate. I know, but like it's literally. I'm, a, sure, that, I'm sure they're gonna let him know. They'll. It's just in it like to me, like I said, I, I'm not sure if I'm on board with it. Where you introduce where you're going in the episode and then you finish it every episode, where it's never like, oh, well, you know, maybe we haven't finished something. It's like, oh, yep, we introduce something, the, we take care of it. And the reason why I think I'm really on board is because shows like this, it feels like the reason why you feel like you have to like to binge watch them is because every single episode doesn't have a conclusion. Like, it's always like, to be continued, to be continued, to be continued. You have to go from one to the first episode to the final end of the season to get a conclusion. I love that we are, I feel satisfied at the end of all these episodes, yet still intrigued that I am excited for the new one I'm going to see the following week. And see, I'm going to watch yeah, it because I love Star Wars, but I'm not, like, super intrigued. It's not like, oh, man, I got it, like, what's going to happen? It's like... I'm you sure. Don't I'll, know he's gonna I'm, go, you don't already know he's going to go with Baby Yoda. You don't no, I'm saying it's. Yeah, see, I, I guess I'm more with Jake on this one. Like, I get what you're saying, Cole. That yeah, they are leaving it pretty much sealed. Not pretty much sealed, but uh, it, it's it's a good ending, I guess is what you could say. But it's enough of a cliffhanger where you really want to see what the next one is going to be. Because yeah, what do we know about Baby Yoda? We know nothing. There's so much more they can go into yet. Each episode, we feel satisfied at the end, which most shows like this don't do that. Yeah, like, you look at the end of the first one. Okay, so we found the baby Yoda, which was That was the ending, reveal. That, that, was, that was an reveal. ending point. Yeah, I agree with you there. But you're still left wondering, okay, what is he going to do with it? Where, like, how is he going to get it back? What, what are they going to do with it? You know, that kind of thing. End of the second one, um, trying to think of the ending of the second one. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting back. He's on the ship. Of, he's on the ship flying back to deliver his bounty. Right. You're still wondering. Yeah, baby Yoda woke up. You're not wondering if he's gonna wake up or not. You know that kind of thing. I get that. But I think we all knew he was gonna wake up. He was just in a little little coma. So baby right, coma. But but he woke up before the end of the episode, which I I think that could have been left to the next one. Even though you do know that he's gonna wake up, I think it could have been left to the next one. And then this one. Now I'm left wondering, yeah, you had the big shootout, they won the whole battle thing, he's leaving, but now you're wondering, okay, where is he going to go from here? They have to relocate, they have to, like, what's he going to do with Baby Yoda from here on out? What's going to happen? Yeah, no, and, and I I get and that, I'm not... Seem, I, and he seemed to have left with a plan. I'm not even dissing I'm on it, I'm just saying I don't know if I like it yet. Because, like, I haven't seen a show pull it off where... I'm saying you're just leaving everything super open at all times, which can be good or it can be bad. Because if a show doesn't seem like it has like a good sense of purpose that they continue on, what happens is eventually your self-contained episode, you kind of just, well, that, that was fine. You know, you don't have that need to come back if you don't have a good overarching story, which I'm assuming they do, so I'm going to keep watching. I'm just saying it's it's something that it, it, it's iffy on me. No, I, I get what you're saying, but I feel like this show, especially after this episode, has I will give it the 100% benefit of the doubt because it feels like it knows what it's doing. Like it, it, it doesn't feel like it just like the Vandy Yoda. Like again, it didn't feel like a, like I was like, okay, what are you gonna do with this now? It doesn't feel like they, like they just want to be like, ha, Baby Yoda, Silver Stance, check this out. Look at this shiny new toy we have. We should watch this because we got Baby Yoda. 
it feels like they know where they're going. And yep. so for right now, I'm going to 100% give it the benefit of the doubt. Because um, I think it's earned that after the first three episodes. Yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah, for everybody out there, this episode, it will keep you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Fantastic act. Like, you really, you don't see, like, a lot better, like, just, like, straight-up action scenes and, like, without lightsabers this in Star Wars. Like I was watching a movie action scene at the end of the shootout. Are you kidding me? This felt yeah. like a full movie production, which is pretty much what they put into it. Yeah, and the other part that I actually loved about it, too, is they still managed to capture the look and feel of Star Wars, even without the Force and lightsabers and all that kind of stuff. They still managed to capture what Star Wars feels like. Oh, no, and... Exactly. It, it feels like we're in the Star Wars universe 100%. Did you guys yes. note it or hear the thing about how they had the ice cream maker in Episode 5? And they, they brought that as where he had the steel, so that mystery of why he had an ice cream maker in space was finally solved. Yep. <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh, because the little container that he holds the Beskar um, in is like just looks like an ice cream maker. And uh, so I think that was just uh, John Favreau just tying up loose ends. And that's, and again, oh. I feel like John Favreau definitely, I think, He's a great director, and he's um, he, he does love movie and film and stuff, and I think, you can just tell, I think the people that are making this show have a passion for Star Wars, like, this isn't a cash grab, I think this is a story that they wanted to tell. Oh, definitely. The other, the other loose end that he tied up, you know how Darth Vader specifically tells Boba Fett, no, no disintegration? Yep, yep, we figured out what that was then, too, and the... Was that even in the first episode? No, the second, epi- second episode we started disintegrating Jawas, dude. Right, yeah, that's what it was. Yep. This was awesome, and then we want to play Battlefront. Yep. Yeah, because I knew he did it in the second one. I just couldn't remember if he did it at all in the first one or not. No, there's no, no disintegration, but he's like, no, yeah. disintegrate that. Like, yeah. Darth Vader calls out. So, yeah, we now understand that. So, again, they're giving us more lore, but they're not just throwing random Easter eggs just to do it. They're not just, hey... It's Star Wars. A ton of people are gonna watch it. Let's waste our time. No, I think they're putting care quality. Well, exactly. They're building that into their story rather than like, oh, we made a story and hey, let's make sure that we mention ice cream makers or let's make sure we mention this. It's like, hey, let's have this be part of our story. So it's it's, it's different. It's better. Exactly. And again, like I said, it's treating it's treating the show like an adult. Show. Yes. Like saying like, hey, you got we're not we guys you guys that are watching this probably love Star Wars. We're not gonna spell everything out for you. You're gonna have to figure it out. Like, just like you know, like if you if you know it, you know it. If not, figure it out. And the last thing that I, we haven't really touched yet, in my opinion, but that I truly truly appreciated in this is when they're in the shootout in the end, you know, and it's looking bleak for him. He looks at Baby Yoda like, oh, this is the end, you know. And I, I'm kind of expecting Baby Yoda to use the Force again and get him out of it, you know. And then that's when the Mandalorians come out. They took something that you're expecting to happen and twisted it on you a little bit. And I absolutely love that. Well, and, the, and also, and since you bring that up, which I just thought about or reminded myself again, remember, like, after he takes the baby, like, all those fobs go off, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and so um, it felt like John Wick. No, but no, but that's why <laughs> it makes sense why the Mandalorians would know where he where he was, because everyone was looking for him. So it makes sense, like, oh, how did you show up there? Same at the end of the 
at the last minute. It's like, yeah, it makes sense why he showed up at the last minute. All the fathers were gone. Everyone knew what was looking for. So it makes sense right. that they would know. So I thought it didn't feel very coincidental. It actually felt like a real, like, kind of... Like John Wick. Thing. Yeah, exactly. John Wick. But um, <laughs> anyways, we can talk about ratings now. Um, I... I was at a 7 out of 10. I'm putting it up to an 8.5 as of right now after this episode. I, I loved it. I think it did a ton for it. I mean, this episode to me was like a 9, 9.5 out of 10. I, th- I think it, like I said, I, I have to suspend I judgment. We till, show, I thought we were just rating the show as we go. Like, I, I'm just, just I we are, but I'm just saying, like, this, sh- I'm, it, <sighs> I'm trying to tell you I like this episode. I'm still suspending final judgment. To see, you know, what they do with the story, because I'm a huge stickler on like overall like story arcs and stuff. But you know, I would say you know eight eight out of ten. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that nine nine point five so far. Definitely. So that's just your eight. I'm about eight point five. With then Joel's obviously fanboying out over here. <laughs> Mandalorian. This episode went way more than we ever could with the Star Wars knowledge. So. Dude, I. <laughs> Oh, I'm thoroughly loving this series. Honestly, it's oh, it's great. It's doing a tremendous service to the fans, and it's also doing a great job of being awesome to people who don't necessarily get into the lore like I do. Also, which just makes it that much better for me. Perfect. Um, yeah. So I think that's. I think that's all. We, anyone else have anything else to add? No, I think we're good. Check it out, guys. Episode three.